13th floor. Welcome everybody to the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. I am your moderator, B. Jones, and I am joined by the most dangerous man on the podcast right now. BJ, yo, what's yo. happening, bro? Everything's good, brother. Good to be here. It's, it's, it's a good time to be alive, and I'm glad to be here. Let's get it started. Let's get it going. We got our main man in crypto, DJ Barry B. Fresh. What's happening, bro? What is going on, people? Glad you tuned in. Stay tuned. We're going to have a great show. We got special guests and stuff. Apologize. We're going to get right to Omar in a second. But first, I got to give my, my two resident Eagle fans, man. They just do, man. We got Coach K. What's happening? What up? What With up? The Cunningham jersey throwback. Man, what y'all know? <laughs> and then Faison. I couldn't find a Patriot fan today. <laughs> well, nah, bro, they all in high. They all they in high. They probably got burnt up in Philly last night, man. Face on. Tell us about it. Burnt <laughs> off. It is. It is ecstatic. My dream of life. One of the dreams is complete. Checklist. I am excited. I'm happy. I will be there on Thursday, uh, somewhere in the middle of the, uh, the chaos. Yeah. You know, <laughs> flames and box calls and whatever it is, I will be a part of that process. Wear your Carhartt in a um uh, a, a vest. <laughs> I'm about to say, man, you better go out there with Teflon and a hard hat. Hey, listen. Hey, hey Philly is the city of brotherly love for everybody from Philly. Exactly. That's it. You outsider, <laughs> you don't go. You ain't, you ain't got the beard, so you didn't know so, you're an outsider. So like, even for myself, not being from Philly, I'm not really welcome there, so. You're always welcome to bring you in. You gotta stay close. Exactly, very close. <laughs> right. Very close, in arm's distance. I'm <laughs> around the corner. <laughs> Easy. And uh, last but not least, let me introduce our special guest. He wasn't able to get with us on the video, but his audio is going to be great today. We got Omar Esposito, uh, co-founder with Stackfolio, the online marketplace for loan trading. Omar, what's happening with you? What's up, fellas? I'm I'm excited to be here. I've been listening throughout the the season, so being honest uh, is an honor. I appreciate y'all having me. We appreciate your time, sir. You might be the first person that's ever said it's been a, it's an honor to be here before we even get started. We're going to be the first two to say they actually listened before. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. You got to get them in there. Do your research a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Listen to the podcast so you can have a little bit of a feel of how we run things here and everything. Oh, my yeah. God. Here. Guns blazing, ready to go. <laughs> Easy, man. Well, no, first man, things I'm... first, man. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. First things first, man. We want to get into the Super Bowl, man, so we can get this thing all the way out the way. But the, the Patriots were not able to get that sixth ring for Tom Brady, man. Mm-hmm. I know it has to be an amazing feeling for you Philly fans, finally getting one in your system. Listen, to get Rematch. one, to get one and to have beaten Brady, that's like, mm-hmm. it couldn't have been any more perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like a game, like a, a great, like great game. Yeah, just one of the most historic uh, Super Bowls I've seen ever. It was like a great game. That trick play was awesome. Right, it was just the fact it was that we did it. Excitement. And then want to try that? We'll do it too. We'll show you how it's supposed to be done. And then for Brady <laughs> to, to, to fumble, that was just like the icing on the cake. I know that was like he's. He's purple right now. He had yeah. a <laughs> all night long. But let's not get let's not get twisted. I guarantee both of you guys were like, "Shit, this is about to go down again." Oh, oh, exactly, because oh, yeah. he got the ball back with two minutes I, now. I I kept the the, the party was with uh, I pulled the um blue ivy. Like, hey, hold on, hold on. <laughs> we gonna do this until we get the ball back at the end. We getting the first down? No first down. All right, all right. It's okay. It's okay. And, and the fact that we had it all the way down to the rock, the last play he's done year over year over year. And I was like, hit the ball down, <laughs> not up. <laughs> Give him yeah. no hope. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, I, I, if I can give a message to the people 
that was a prime example of just going all in mm-hmm. on your goal and mm. doing what you do, going in with your game plan and sticking to your game plan. They didn't care that it was Tom Brady, mm-hmm. the, the Patriots. They're like, this is what we're going to do in this game, and we're going to continue to do it until the end. If you recall going back to watching Atlanta when they were playing in the Super Bowl, Mm -hmm. the second half, Atlanta turned the switch of, instead of saying, I'm going to put this hose down their neck and try to drown them, (laughs) they were like, we're just going to try not to lose from here on out. The tone was set with that trick play right at the end of the half that it was fourth down. Everybody was just like, what is going on? What are you guys doing? And then that play to run, the way it did, it set the tone of, no, we're not (laughs) pretty much what y'all Philly guys are is, you know, hey, we ain't going down without a fight. And even if we're fighting, we're winning until the bells rung, we swinging and we swinging hard. I love the fact that Philly came out guns blazing for 60 minutes. Because I feel like oh, that's yeah. the only reason Jacksonville wasn't in the Super Bowl this time around. Uh, and, and, and with the backup QB. <laughs> that right? was going to be my next yeah. thing, man. Nick yes. Foles played three of the best. Well, outside of the Atlanta game, I think that Atlanta game, what, did they play Atlanta? It was the first game where they barely won. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That, was, yeah. that game was a little shaky. But he played some of his best football the entire playoffs, man, oh. going into the Super Bowl. And to, to hit Who the pass that Brady, like, fingertip drop, like, that just shows how unathletic this guy is, man. But Nick Foles, he's going to be somebody starting quarterback yeah, next year. I say, would definitely he... take him in Tampa. Come on, put that pressure on Jameis to get his mind right. Uh, <laughs> I'll take I'll take Nick Foles. I'll take uh, Kirk Cousins. Anybody to come in and push this man so he can reach, the, reach his potential. But, um. Kirk yeah, Cousins man. gone, man. Kirk Cousins already signed. So, oh. um, who did he go to? He went to. Oh man, I forgot. Did he? I thought he was. Didn't they sign this franchise? Like, get him tag him. They didn't. They didn't tag no. him this year because they gave. Uh, they just gave Alex Smith all Kirk Cousins' money. Um, uh, I got you. Sorry, yeah. that's who signed Alex. Yeah. Smith. Never mind. You guys are right. Yeah, so Kirk Cousins still up in the air. So, hey, Kirk, you listening? Come on, check out Tampa, man. We got great weather. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the big question of the night, though, was uh, BJ, how was shopping? <laughs> shopping? <laughs> yeah, so, before awesome. we get into Stack Folio, what do you mean shopping? You were shopping on Super Bowl Sunday? No, I ain't. I mean, I, I ain't watched the Super Bowl probably in the last five, six years. So, last three years, four years, <laughs> I've, been in, I've been in school. So okay. Sundays, Sundays is my day to do homework. That don't stop because of the Super Bowl. I know that's right. Hey, that's why he the most dangerous man on the podcast right now. Play with your chest out. <laughs> my lifestyle. <laughs> said only I didn't come to y'all in school on Sunday. <laughs> so really, it really was only on in the house last night. My son wanted to watch it. If not, it probably wouldn't even been on last night. I was had plenty of other stuff to get done. Man, trust me. I saw the end. I saw the end of the game though, um, because he was falling asleep. And he he begged me to stay up. He was the whole the whole game, and I go wake him up. No, five more minutes, five more minutes. So I I sat there with him for like the last three minutes of the game, which probably was the best part of the game anyway. So yeah, it, it, the, the whole game was nah, really the good. whole game was really but it's, good. Say yeah, I can't say yeah. yeah the whole, the whole game was fire. But it's crazy that the game starts at six thirty and it still lasts till like eleven o'clock, man. Like it, oh, they, 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 they got commercials, right? TV timeouts. Hey. Speaking are we going to get into the halftime show at all, or are we going to uh, pass that on? The halftime show? <laughs> so, <laughs> I definitely took a power nap during the halftime show. I wasn't even interested at all. Um, but if you guys want to get into the halftime show, we can absolutely go there. Uh, Omar, you leading the discussion. What you got, baby? <laughs> no, nah, I mean, I, I felt like he got a lot of slack from the whole Janet Jackson show. And for whatever reason, he was up against negativity from Jump. Like it seemed like people were criticizing before he even got to perform. A hundred percent. Yeah, that was. Yeah, he's never been forgiven. Nope. And then they come back on a big stage, but he played that song, which is like it's never slap in the face. Like you could have done all the other songs, you played specifically that one, and on that specific the part where you say don't have you, he went, nah, and went to new songs. Like that's you drag out even more. 
There was no reason for that. Man, he had to hit. hit. Let it go, y'all. Like, let it go. Listen, Jesus Christ, I'm just, I, I am talking. I, I don't Timberlake went out there and did his thing. Show, he did a great halftime for this show. It was garbage. All of that stuff, um, even Janet Jackson, it was the set up. was trash. The dances were trash. No, was, was it? Yes, it was. No, was it? Katy Perry's set was way better than Justin's. What? <laughs> yes, it you was. are insane, bro. You yes. are getting old oh, and out no of way. Out of all right, all right, all right. I did feel somewhere next to like. Oh, hold on, hold on. Hold on. I, I did feel like Justin was getting old, and that's why the choreography wasn't at another level. Because I, I felt like his his choreography has been better in the past. But as far as him, Katy Perry, whatever, I don't have nothing to do with that. I mean, of course he's not going to be dancing like he was when he was younger. Of course he's not going to have the Chris Brown choreography. But say Katy Perry's was better. Stay, stay set course. up? Yes, it no. was. You no. talking about the Super it Bowl was, show no. she did this years ago with the Lion? Around the field had different setups? Nah, man. I, 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 has I, anyone I, ever gotten into the uh, into the stands? I don't remember anyone going into yeah, the stands like that. That's the first that. time I've ever seen yeah, anybody no, yeah. going to the stands. Because so nobody was going to attack him. Yeah, exactly. They weren't. They weren't going to mob him. <laughs> it's a template. So if some, if there was some like high school girls or some what, but that the fans are like, yeah, he's a he's just a template. We know stuff, but they ain't going to mob him. That they would have did Beyonce, Bruno Mars, anything like that. Yeah, he probably heard his album sales. He's put out an album last week. What do y'all do? Y'all know how white people love just like what are you talking about? This is a Disney in sync dude, and y'all try to downplay. I totally understand he is not y'all vibe, but don't get twisted. Like Justin Timberlake is the man. I totally take your word for it, bro. I take your word for it. Before we move on, real quick. Uh, I do want to say I did like the little mix and the tribute to Prince, Prince. in there. That was dope. That I, was cool. I'm, I'm still trying to verify that the city really went purple. Did, like I'm like that was pretty powerful. If the whole like yeah, I'm still trying to verify if that was CGI and just some cool stuff to show <laughs> or like yo, right. y'all really set that up? How did you set that up? That was crazy. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm gonna lean on TGI. That's a lot of purple lights. Hey, I was I was um <laughs> I was all about this is not China. This, morning, this is not Beijing. Something about how the city lit up, and I'm just like it's really? Minnesota. I'm sure it doesn't have that much city, but um. in <laughs> 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 <Been> there, <laughs> Twin Cities for a reason. The other thing that had me dying laughing. I don't know if y'all have seen it on social media. Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart, Hart I saw trying to walk in. Oh. <laughs> trying to walk just in taking all kind of L's in, for no reason. And the bouncer stopped him. <laughs> the security <laughs> guy stopped him. That was hilarious. He's gonna make so much money off of that bit when oh, he when he sure. does it in stand up. Oh so yeah. When he got uh, when he uh, dropped the F bomb too. He yeah. was on live. I heard about it. I didn't <laughs> see. It. Yeah, he was sitting there. And it was just like you could tell Dion was just trying to be cool and like bring him up to bring him up. And then, mm-hmm. like, you could tell he was lit, and he's just walking around and talking to him. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, uh, D.I. gives him a mic, and he's just, like, rattling on about randomness. And all we did it, you could tell the producer, like, all right, y'all need to get him off. Y'all need to go ahead and get him off. And then he just, oh, man, such and such. D.I. was trying to get him off. Oh, man, I don't want you to fall off the stage. And he's like, oh, man, F, F that, such a... And he just paused. Like, <laughs> Everybody's like, oh, I'm sorry. He just dropped the mic and just walks away. <laughs> So Shout out to my man movie. Kevin Hart, man. Still taking L's in 2018. When he was talking about some yeah, children don't drink and they just cut it off. Yeah. <laughs> was he trying to say he was drunk at that point in time? Yeah. He he see, he's he's come out publicly yeah, and said he was highly intoxicated. Yeah. Drunken mind, sober thought. First championship. Hey, Absolutely nothing wrong with him being drunk. He was, <laughs> at, he was attending a football game for a team, his his team, first time they won a championship ever. Like there was every reason it was they fought for putting him on TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, look. So look, these dudes, they 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 stack their folio. So let's talk about stack folio. 
Thank you, bro. Yes, let's give Omar. That was a nice transition. <laughs> nice. <laughs> let's talk about Stackfolio a little bit, man. So we mentioned it a little bit in the intro. Yeah. Online marketplace for loan trading between financial institutions. Um, Omar, before we get into actual Stackfolio, can you give us a little bit of background about yourself? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Um, so originally from the Bronx and uh, half family yes. in Miami. Yeah, BX, baby. Um, half family in Miami, and so... When I was looking for schools, my uh, my dad was like, I think you should go check out Miami. I'm like, all right, that's cool. First, I went to UMass trying to look at sports management. It was all right. And then literally the second school I visited Miami, I'm watching dudes walking around flip-flops, T-shirt, and the girls walking around like, all right, this is it. This like is literally it. like two minutes into, this is it, into my tour. Um and it was just, you know, the rest of history. Uh, after I graduated Miami, went to work at uh, Credit Suisse, so investment banking for a couple of years. Um, got caught up in the, the crisis, which, you know, full, come full circle, ended up being a blessing, being able to see and be uh, at sort of the epicenter of ultimately what ended up crashing, you know, so much of the housing stock. Mm-hmm. Um, so after that, ended up going into what's called the Federal Home Loan Bank system, which, you know, for, to, to keep it short, is essentially it's a bank for other institutions. And so, you know, for about 10 years between Atlanta and New York, I worked with institutions all across the East Coast and, you know, having day-to-day interaction with you know, CFOs, CEOs, and really trying to understand how we can serve and, and be a strategic advisor to their institutions. So, um, it was a really pretty awesome training ground for what it would ultimately be, you know, running and, and starting uh, as part of a team with Stackfolio. Awesome. Okay, so and then getting into Stackfolio, without getting too technical with it, um, can you go ahead and yeah. give us a good explanation of what it is and what you guys do? No, absolutely. So if you take a step back and understand what banking is, right, it's, at, at the core, in the simplest fashion, it's banks make money by taking deposits from from us customers, and then they invest those dollars into loans. Uh, and so, the spread that they charge those borrowers and the people that they take deposits that's their profit. Mm-hmm. And so, most banks and credit unions, for that matter, you know, if they're in a city, they very likely have good access to loans. Now, if you're, let's say, in middle of Georgia or middle of Pennsylvania and not have a ton of activity, you may have a hard time being as profitable. So what do you do? You look for opportunities to acquire loans. Today, that market in buying and selling loans is over $500 billion. And that's just in community bank space. You go to the big banks and internationally, it's you're well into the trillions. So just in the U.S., community banks, are trading these loans, whether they're buying or selling, at about $500 billion. But what's crazy, it's completely human brokered, meaning if Bank A wants to sell to Bank B, they either have to know each other or they have to hire someone to basically do that transaction on the phone or via email. And if you look at all other financial segments uh, of the industry or even you can say Amazon and what they did to e-commerce or kayak what they did to air travel all these marketplaces exist because frankly the internet was like nah we're not we're not allowing these type of industries to continue to be super dated and and human brokered so that's really what we're trying to do with Stackfolio we're taking a completely human brokered business and trying to make it online and completely automate and create efficiencies in how banks trade with each other. Awesome. So this is something that you and your co- your partners created from the ground up, right? No, well, no, nah, this is what, it's a very interesting and, and not a typical startup. So the actual startup, the idea came from a bank. Okay. Uh, and, and one of the things you know, over time is like I, I've thought about what makes me, what's given me an entrepreneur spirit sort of really solving a real business problem versus, in my opinion, having an idea that you don't necessarily know if there's a need for a solution, right? So this was um, 
the bank, one of my clients had, had this problem, which we talked about, right? The, the need to buy and sell loans online and said, I, I can't create this in the bank. Let me go and connect with someone who, who could build this business and recruit the team. And so the, uh, the, they reached out to a local venture capital fund here in, in Atlanta called Textware Labs and said, hey, we have this problem. We want to build this business. What do you think? Is it something you guys can help us with? They did their research and was like, you know what? This is a $500 billion uh, opportunity. Let's go for it. So they went out, recruited on the engineering side, uh, co-founder, my CEO right now. And so he started building the beta platform 2015. Then that client of mine, the bank, reached out the end of 2015 said, hey, they're building this platform. It'd be great if you could advise and sort of give them guidance as a banker, as a business person, as they develop this, this product. So from the end of 2015 through the summer of 16, we're basically advising, unofficially advising as the engineers, so to speak, we're building the actual product. And so basically when they were ready to go live and, and actually start raising money, they said, you know, do you know anyone that, that would be ready to come on and, and actually help run and build the business from a banking and business perspective? And yeah, at the time, again, I was at the Federal Home Loan Bank of Atlanta, super established, conservative, uh, sort of slow corporate environment, but super, again, established and not necessarily a ton of activity that I could see myself getting into long-term career-wise. So, you know what? I helped sort of advise this group for about a year. I see the opportunity. I trust the people in it. Mm -hmm. And I'd be coming in as, you know, the only other executive at a stage that, again, if we make this thing work, would be amazing and being beyond just career, but financially uh, and just, you know, personally completely changed my life. So jumped over uh, November of 16 and then we went live December of 16. Okay. Okay. And it, it sounds like an amazing journey, man. Um, so with Stackfolio, if I understand it correctly, it sounds like it's basically a hub for the buying and selling of loans <laughs> in the financial institution area arena, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. So is there any other competition or do you enjoy that first come uh, that first comer advantage? I mean, there's definitely competition, right? It's the incumbents are the competition, right? So number one, you have brokers that are part of institutions that have been around 30, 40, 50, 60 years. So it's we're battling just the, the status quo is one. There are other technology companies that that are trying to attack this space. None of them are doing it the way we are, meaning none of them believe in, in this open marketplace concept. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they they sort of have a technology offering and they want folks to come in and buy into their way of doing it. Mm -hmm. um, our approach is we're going to let the experts and we're going to let the customers, which are banks and credit unions and you know, large institutional fund buyers, in a, in a sense, dictate how they how they want to interact. Right. Like if you think of Amazon, they That's set exactly up the, the, the vehicle, right? Yeah. Right. Like they set up the marketplace. They're not going to tell you like, no, you can't sell this or you can't charge that. You have to use this box. No, it's they build the, the box and, and, and everyone can play, you know, however they see fit inside it. Hey, so Omar, so let me ask you this. So uh, obviously all the financial folks out there listening are salivating at this right now because it's just like this is like the the nerdiest of nerds you could get as a financial person right but for the other people out there and like for those that want to be entrepreneurs or are struggling as entrepreneurs or those that have a day job right and they're trying to figure out what gave you that confidence to take that leap to go ahead and go into into this venture when at the time that you did it, it wasn't as well known, um, this type of financial environment. So what what gave you the, yes, I'm going all in, I'm going after this? That's a great question. I mean, and you say like for the non-financial people, but frankly, a lot of bankers and, and folks that knew me were asking the same questions. Like what, you know, have two kids, seven and four at the time, they were uh, six, no, five and two. So it was like, dude, you're taking a lot of risk. You're, you're going from a super established 
you know, I could predict over the next 10 years exactly how much money I'd be making into startup world, which, you know, at the time, we'd even have a year of runway. Um, so the way I break it down is that, you know, I, I had four, ultimately four things I had to convince myself that if the answers were yes, then, then I had to make the jump. So one, that I trust the, the people involved. And again, I worked informally with the CEO and, and the other engineers building it. So I knew that te technically they could build anything. They were wizards. So like I completely had 100% faith in what they were doing. Two, that I trust uh, sort of the institutional backing. And again, if you have a, a bank whose idea was and the need came from involved, and then you had a lot of folks in the industry said, you know, in the local startup industry that TechSquare Labs, if you're going to connect yourself with anyone, they're the lo the ones you're going to want to do with. So those two things are yes. Um, three, did I trust and believe that I could actually help execute on the opportunity? Meaning, yeah, at some point, some whether it's us or not, this market has to come online. Like it has to be disrupted. It, everything happens, right? Every market in any industry at some point either has or will be disrupted. And so that third question was, that probably took the longest out of the, the, the first three, which was, do I believe in my ability to do it? Um, and then the last one was just sort of that, I think people call it, you know, whatever their trust or gut or, you know, sit on something. And if it just continues to, to gnaw at you, that then, then you know that that's where you got to go. For me, it was, if I don't do this now, in two years, no matter where, either either if I'm at the bank or at another institution, would I look back and think I didn't take the shot of trying to start something new and trying to see if I could actually build truly a, a transformational business? Um, and I knew, like, I, I I couldn't say that was an absolutely yes. Like, I knew that. If I did not take that jump, I would I would regret it. No, that's awesome, man. And, and it sounds like what you came up with, and I, I think a lot of people out there, this is exactly what they want to know. How do you transition from being in your traditional workplace, uh, corporate America, to investing in your idea or becoming an entrepreneur? And it sounds like what you yeah. came up with, you came up with four non-negotiables for yourself that you had to come up with some very hard line answers on. And when you could check those boxes, you knew, okay, yes, it is absolutely the time to do this. So for those of you out there yeah. that are, have that idea or want to do something similar, what are your non-negotiables and can you check those boxes? Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's a great way to frame it. Um, I just went through this exercise with a friend who's considering a sort of job. I mean, it's an established company. It would be for to sort of lead an expansion. And, you know, we went through the pros and cons. And, you know, on the pros, you probably had like 15 check marks. On the cons, like seven. Um, so from that perspective, it looked like it's a slam dunk. But then when we got down to like the non-negotiable that you just said, it, it, it's not as clear cut, you know, it, it you know, two of those are yeses and two of those are, are sort of a, a push. Uh, and so, yeah, you definitely have to get, have to draw a line because you, you're going to think about it, whether it's a new job or, or a jump like this, you're always going to find a way to continue to think about it and analyze it. And you just, at some point, have to draw that line. Absolutely. So along that journey, man, I'm pretty sure you had your share of successes and maybe failures, highs and lows. Um, one of the successes yeah. that I do want to highlight, though, is the uh, the judge's favorite award that you guys received at the 2017 Google Demo Day. Uh, take us yeah. through that experience, man. What was that like? Yeah, it was I mean, that week it, for the company was in, in our eyes, it, transformational. Like it changed the trajectory of Stackfolio. So from a timeline, again, we went live into the market December of 16. So what that means is we had those two banks when we were doing a beta. And then in December 16, we ended the month with two banks and about $20 million listed. Right. So again, we're a marketplace. So the whole purpose of what we do is to essentially provide as much product so that on both sides, you either have someone buying or selling. 
Mm-hmm. So starting with two banks, 20 million is nothing. Um, come around Google Demo Day, we started to get some serious traction. We had about 200 institutions signed up, maybe about $150 million listed. Uh, and we were really sort of honing in on our message and how we market to folks. Um, so Google Demo Day, we got in it. You know, it's about 200 companies, startups around the country, actually around North America, who are part of what's called Google for Entrepreneurs Hubs. And so because we are part of TechScore Labs, uh, which again is part VC, but also physically where we were our offices, uh, we were nominated by them to be one of their companies to, to compete. So from about 200, I believe, they got whittled down to about 20, and then we made the final cut, which are uh, five. So that week, you know, we had Google Demo Day. We also had gotten into an awesome program called Village uh, Village Capital, which basically, you know, we could talk about this different time, but long story short, they are trying to flip the way uh, venture capital is done. Mm-hmm. About 80% of all venture capital money goes to San Francisco, New York, um, and in Boston. So those big three money centers, you know, pretty much take up all the, the capital that are is out there. And so companies like Ven- Village Capital are trying to flip that. Anyway, so we got into that program. So I was at that program. My CEO was at Google for Entrepreneurs. You know, so that was June, I believe. For literally like two months, we were just continuously practicing, perfecting our pitch, practicing, probably rewriting the pitch, rewriting the deck um, at least a hundred times. So by the time we got to Google Demo Day, it had been in front of at least 20, you know, serial entrepreneurs, folks that had either built and sold companies or were already building, you know, on their second or third stage of running a fund who was investing in companies. So it was well vetted out and, and we had a good feeling. Now, you know, we never know it's, it's a competition, right? And we never know how the judge, whether whether or not they, they're into a company like ours. But, you know, I think what ended up winning it for us was really me- giving that message that there's no way that this massive opportunity is going to exist in the future, right? Like $500 billion gets transacted and no one, no one has more than a two to $3 billion share. Mm-hmm. That means that there's just this massive disruption opportunity to bring, you know, a, a marketplace to, to bring visibility into it. And so lucky for us, we, we nailed it. Um, you know, that practice made perfect. Steve Case was one of the judges and Steve Case, co-founder of AOL, and has one of the most successful and largest venture capital funds and you know family of funds. Um, so we won that. Um, he committed to you know, to giving us 20% of whatever we raised, which we were raising money beginning of April all the way through the end of uh, September. So he said, look, whatever you raise, I'm going to put 20% on top of that. Um, and ended up, you know, ended up being the total round that we raised was about two point two million last year. Wow, that's amazing, man! So yeah. going on, going along with that, uh, that success. I mean, I think it's amazing that y'all identified that that market, that share, and like seriously attacked it, man. Because it's, I mean, you've seen so much success with the company, man. Over six hundred loan institutions, you're you're covered across forty nine states. So, I mean, I think you're gonna see a, a lot more success in the future. Um, but going with that, what was what would you say the biggest challenge would have been for you all as you created Stackfolio? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, particularly for me, being about 13 years in, in big banks, right? And so when you're at a, whether it's credit suites, 50,000 employees, or the home loan banks, which have 300 plus, they're still large organizations. And I think there's this, for good purpose, like there's this, uh, sort of box that you operate in as an employee at these big institutions. And so you end up relying on a lot of different people to, to support you. When you have to start up, it's you. Like you have to you have to do everything. Um, but that's part of what I wanted. So I think it took us a little bit of time to get our, well, what we like to call sort of a cadence around how do we operate and grow this business? 
with such a limited amount of money and people. Um, up until we started, again, we raised the money, but it wasn't until the end of 2017 that we actually got the dough. So up until that point, the, the biggest challenge was operating in a way that we could both grow and be taken seriously as a new company, mm -hmm. but do it in a way that was on a shoestring budget and it didn't, but it didn't look like that. And, you know, I'll give my, my CEO a ton of credit. Like that was you know, a lot of division with the, the use of technology to scale and to, and again, stretch that dollar. Um, you know, a lot of that came, came from, from his mind. Gotcha. Gotcha. I want to switch directions a little bit um, since we have yeah. you and your financial expertise along with our own crypto enthusiast, Crypto Fresh. I want to get your thoughts on the direction of cryptocurrency right now, man. You got a lot of hype around it. You got a lot of detractors around it, like Warren Buffett say. Um, so what do you think is is the wave or will be the wave of cryptocurrency? Yeah, I mean, me and uh, me and Fresh, we, we've talked about it and we've I think we're mostly aligned in that it's, it's an amazing experience, right? It's mm -hmm. the ability for anyone to essentially create their own economy is like insane, right? It's, it's amazing to either create your own economy, right? Or be part of one to many thousands of economies that, that essentially is what crypto is. So from the, this pure, uh, sort of power that it brings to people, I think it's fantastic. Um, I am skeptical about the value that it brings mm -hmm. to, to sort of the economy and society in a whole. Um, I tend to like the cryptocurrencies that have a true technology orientation to it, meaning that the actual currency is used for some technology uh, beyond just being, you know, cryptocurrency in itself. Um, and then as far as like, wh where do I think it's going to go? I, it is stabilizing. I think you're going to, it's going to continue to mature like anything, any new market, it has to mature. Um, and so regulation is going to absolutely pick up and it's going to have to get involved, uh, if it's going to continue to grow and allow a lot of sort of mainstream institutions and folks to get involved. Well, keeping on that track of the regulations, like, so wouldn't that be the bad, the, one of the worst things that could happen to cryptocurrency since it's uh, the guys and the premise around it is the decentralization, no regulations, you know, the power is held within the people who own it. Decentralized is different than deregulated. Realize that. Right. So the, the decentralization is not having a necessarily an entity um, ownership but regulation is always, you know, it's the wild, wild west right now. So just like Omar was saying with um, coins versus tokens versus providing a real world application that is passed just saying, hey, we're the new dollar bill and really being able to provide some type of value. Um, that's what I preach every week about, you know, getting past things like the lending platforms and just looking at something like Bitcoin in general and understanding that there are real businesses that are being created um, within the blockchains of the various uh, coins that are out there. And that's really where the value is. And that's where the future of cryptocurrency really relies. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, you know, there are a ton of businesses that, I mean, actually, I mean, I don't know if we wanted to get into our own experience with it, but like, yes, I think yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because uh, I was gonna yeah. ask. I mean, I know you guys are in the midst of uh, creating your own cryptocurrency, so I was gonna ask. Like, first of all, you know, how has that process been? But like, how do you even do that? Like, how do you just make up your own your, your own cryptocurrency? No, absolutely. So again, right? Like, if you think of us as a business, our our client as a bank, as a credit union, as a investment fund, they are the most most conservative and established of institutions. And so the last thing we wanted to do was do something in this space that would make us look reckless or uh, not necessarily kosher with, with financial <laughs> regulators, right? They're not going to touch anything that could potentially be slapped 
by the SEC or any other regulator. So the way we were thinking about it, like, all right, well, there's obviously this massive demand for this type of asset, cryptocurrency. So much money was going into it. Uh, and we also see that there's this massive opportunity on on the loan trading market and banks want liquidity and want access. So one of the things we wanted to do was, well, we, at the time, this was August of 17, so we had about $600, $700 million of listings on our marketplace. And so we thought, look, we can actually take some of these assets and then provide a vehicle to crypto investors so that if and when they wanted to exit, let's say, Bitcoin or any other uh, cryptocurrency, they could still stay within the world of crypto, but actually have real cash flow backed by them. So as an example, uh, you would buy a stack fund token and that fund token would basically say your token is backed by $100 million worth of uh, commercial real estate loans on the stack marketplace. And so every month that loan would pay and then we would remit those funds to uh, that's you know the, all of the owners of Stack Token. And so essentially, it would have been, you know, in financial terms, securitization, mm-hmm. which hasn't happened in the crypto world yet. So we would have been one of the first, if not the first, to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, as I mentioned, securitization that means it's security, which means we have to be regulated. So. We wanted to, we absolutely want to be regulated, but as we were going down that path, um, (laughs) we quickly realized um, beyond the the cost of just running the the business, which we were prepared to to capitalize, the actual cost of running it with with being regulated by the SEC and issuing securities and then managing that as we issued, um, at this stage, was just a little bit beyond our capital stack. Mm-hmm. Hey, all of that sounds amazing, man. I mean, even through the whole conversation, one of the things that I picked up on, and I hope the listeners do as well, um, the patience and the intent with with which you guys move. Um, you hear a, a great example of it in creating your cryptocurrency. You didn't just jump out you know, making rash decisions or just trying to take advantage of what's going on in the swell of cryptocurrency right now. You're making calculated moves, understanding what regulations are going to come afterwards. And I feel like that's the same thing you guys did along the path of creating Stackfolio and all of its success that you're coming into right now. So I really hope the listener kind of hears that, um, that message throughout this, this whole conversation. And, and I'm trying to diversify. So I got like $2. Can I, I buy into you know, stuff like right now before yeah. it takes off? You, you, <laughs> yeah, you can you can send it to me. I'll put it in an escrow account and then we uh, let it sit there. Ground level, baby. Ground level. Yeah, man. And I'm, trying to, I'm trying to build from the floor up. <laughs> Easy. Hey, Omar, man, uh, we want to give the listeners an opportunity if they wanted to catch uh, Stackfolio or catch up with the Stack Fools, yourself and your partners. Um, how can they do that? How yeah. can they get connected with you? Yeah, man. I mean, we're, we're, we're on Twitter. So it's just at Stackfolio. Uh, LinkedIn for all of our bankers. So just we have a LinkedIn page. And we, right on our site, we have a direct chat. You know, it's, it comes directly to me, the CEO, and the whole staff. So anyone has any questions, whether it's on Stackfolio, crypto, or anything else related to banking industry, we'd love to love to chat and engage. Easy, We're excited, easy. man. It, we, uh, it, 2017, like, you know, it was a lot of growth, but 2018 is, is the year for us. We, we have a big target trying to trade 500 million. Uh, we're trying to completely make a name for ourselves. I think 2017, we're under the radar. By the end of this year, I want every broker to know who Stackfolio is, and I want every bank to know that if they're going to sell a loan or buy a loan, they got to come through us. And we on the 13th floor finna help you make that happen, man. We appreciate your time. Love it. Uh, we finna, we finna help you. Yes, we are. Yeah, man, that's that good. That's that's that good West Florida finna. Yeah, it happens. It's in my vocabulary. Love it. Hey, Coach K, man, uh, I heard you had a story for us, man. It involves you, Asher, and the neighbors, bro. Oh man, so you guys know 
I seem like I'm this sociable guy, but you guys know behind closed doors I'm an introvert. Nah, man, we don't know nothing about that, man. You like to spark, spark conversations with everybody. We know no, that. No, sir. No, sir. I definitely ah. drain, the, drain the battery and have to recharge. So when I'm home, I don't expect anybody to come knock on the door unless you're delivering a package or something. So I'm sitting at home on Friday. It's just Asher and I. Uh, Wendy was out of the country. And uh, it's probably about... 10 o'clock in the morning and uh all of a sudden boom 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 it's like man somebody's knocking on that door real aggressive boom 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 so i go to the door here is the neighbor lady and she's got her son her son is probably like i don't know maybe a month older than asher so you know they've they've hung out in the past but normally i'm not home when this happens Cause there's been other times where she's knocked on the door and I've just ignored the fact that she's knocking on the door. <laughs> <laughs> that's, Why are you treating her like the witnesses, normal. man? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so anyway, so she, uh, she's from, I don't know, man, Romania, Lithuania, one of the, uh, one of the, <laughs> Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So she's like, "Oh, you know, I'm gonna go to 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 playground and play." And I'm just looking like, "You mean you haven't been there already? Because both of y'all dirty." Um, <laughs> How you sizing lady up, man? Maybe they was playing in the backyard. Listen, that's exactly what I'm doing, right? <laughs> that's exactly what I'm doing, and and. They got dog hair all over them and everything. Her son got on, looked like somebody stripped a Teddy Ruxpin little bear, and like he put that. Oh man! Wow. <laughs> he got a spoon, but no food, right? Like there's no like little cup or nothing, applesauce, nothing. But like on the side of his mouth, whatever he was eating, it's like dried up. So I'm just like, oh, you know, you were eating breakfast. What's going on? She's like, no, just snack. And I'm like, well. It looked like he was rolling in honey and then like the dog came like so I'm sitting there now just like I can't let my son go play y'all and then she's like oh he still has on his pajamas and I'm just like yeah it's 10 o'clock in the morning we're not going anywhere and she's like oh but he's just in his pajamas still. I'm like but he's clean <laughs> but he's clean y'all ain't clean you, you, you tell, you, did you tell her that or no uh, uh, that part I did say yes that part I'll say this part of the conversation now we'll make sure folks understand cause your voice your face said that you did say that <laughs> he's clean like who cares he's in his pajamas like Oh, so you're gonna go to the park? No, I'm not going to the park with y'all. Did y'all sleep outside last night? Were y'all stuck outside? Like, what happened? I don't understand. Nah, man, you go on with your little little boo boo, take boo boo, and you and y'all go play at the playground, man. I'm getting ready to go somewhere. Niggas say Carol loves his neighbors, right? (laughs) You should too. But then she's like, "Well, where are you going?" Wow. I'm going to Wakanda. <laughs> I'm going to see my brother. I, I told her just like that too. I did say that. I'm going to Wakanda. I know you said you like, I knew you said it. Where, where, where is Wakanda? <laughs> All right, we'll enjoy a trip. It I will. Like an amazing <laughs> grocery store. I've heard about it. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, wow. oh, I close the door and lock the door. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have amazing neighbors, bro. That was oh hilarious. Wow. How you gonna come over here dirty? <laughs> First my, thing my in the morning now. First and thing then, in the morning. And they talk about my child still in his pajamas. <laughs> but he's clean. But he's clean. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> and he's had breakfast and a snack, and it's not on his clothes. <laughs> not holding the spoon. He's got to. Right. <laughs> Oh man! Hey, all uh, I heard was we civilized over here. That's all I heard right? that whole, exactly. whole conversation. <laughs> we don't play with the Somebody, somebody else should wear that cloth monkey in the jungle shirt. <laughs> Take your kid and go. Thank you, H and M. I think you found your next model. <laughs> oh, Excuse Lord. me. Uh, who we going to next, man? Faison, you got it with the uh, your, your oh, arts corner this week, bro. Yes, yes, yes. This is this is a very simple trick to point one. And she um, had on the boots with the fur. 
Like, why are you having the boot? It's 70 degrees outside. Why you got her? She says she's from a uh. It's cold in those uhs. Most of them. Yeah. We're not there. I hey, listen, listen. We my in auntie, Florida. My auntie thinks <laughs> the coldest thing in the world. And granted, she's from Africa, so it's it's like super cold here. But like, she'll be in the house like wrapped with a scarf and like a jacket. I'm I'm like, it's 70 degrees. It's too cold. It's too cold. So it's like the opposite for them, I guess. But I'm sorry. Uh, this proceed, man. <laughs> this week corner um, is is keep secrets. Uh, that's it. It's just key secrets. Sometimes you, you run your mouth too much and you lose things. You know, like, like um, Omar, if he would have had his mouth talking about Stackfolio prior to coming out, he wouldn't have been the first there. Um, you have to be able to reach out for help when need be. But sometimes when you're trying to rebuild your plan or rebuild your life, rebuild your, your funds or your money or cryptocurrency, you got to keep secrets because everyone else is not always there to help. People are there to take. So sometimes you got to keep secrets. I agree, man. Especially when you on the come up, man. You gotta. Uh, it's like you gotta put that energy out, but you don't want to like. You don't want to be impacted by other people's energy or whatnot. And then it's so liberating when you when everything that you uh, put out into the universe finally comes to fruition. And then you do get that opportunity to speak about it. And you get your soapbox and you just drop yes. the mic on them. Some prove it when you have it. When you you got it, prove it. Don't don't try to build up to show what you got before you get there. When you got it, let, let your actions and your and your status uh, show it. But don't do it before you get there. You can fake it till you make it. Sometimes depending on the industry you're in, but it's not a, it's not an overall life lesson. You can get burnt real easy. Fake it Let your body of work represent you. That's it. It's that simple. El numero fresh. Yes. What you got for the crypto bitty this week? You know, I thought that I would go ahead and since we have my dog O on the show today, we go way back like two old Cadillacs. Um, I, I decided I would take it into one of the um, ICOs, so initial coin offerings, if we're going back in some of the education I have brought to all of the masses. Um, and it's a token. It's called the Bitum. So again, going back to token versus coin, a coin actually creates a new blockchain or way to verify transactions and create that public ledger. Whereas a token sits on top and borrows from one of those blockchains. This one happens to borrow from the Ethereum blockchain. Um, again, it's called the Bitum. It is a token. Uh, the Debitum network is designed to unite borrowers and those who help them apply. So investors, lenders, risk assessors, document validators, insurers, um, et cetera. And really it's based for um, small businesses. There's uh, just like Omar was talking about the gap as far as with business loans um, and loans in general, that this uh, specific token tackles the small business uh, loan issue of being able to provide uh, all of the paperwork, all of the necessary steps and processes within loans um, for small businesses, all in one um, tight, secure blockchain arena. Um, everything from nuts to bolts. So from the, the person looking to get the, the loan all the way to all the verification processes along that line, helping make the process go faster, smoother, and it gives opportunities to be a borderless transaction. So that means that somebody in Ethiopia can help a small business out in Cambodia or in Brazil and everywhere else. So it's just awesome to have a new business opportunity that um, shows the strength of cryptocurrency, how it is more than just a currency, but really providing new avenues and um, ways to increase uh, you know, um, business scope and really the range of what businesses can do. I got a question for you. Um, with all the hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, what's the uh, disclaimer? Fresh. Uh, oh, again, I'm not a financial advisor. You know, I I didn't tell you directly to go ahead and jump in there, even though I have. Um, but as I say, D Y O R, do your own research. I, I might bring um you to the water, but it's your choice to drink. Um, so definitely make sure to check out the bitum, uh, dot network. It's awesome. Um, I definitely suggest you check it out if you are interested in cryptocurrency, whether as an investor or just somebody who wants a better understanding of the value past it being uh, considered a currency. Question, Art. Yeah, can you spell? Hold on, Art. Oh, One more thing. Say, can you spell the just spell the the bitum? Just so I oh yeah. Ticker. It is um well the the. It's 
D-E-B-I-T-U-M. Oh, Dibitum. Yeah, yeah Dibitum. I would have never found that. I definitely was going to bid him. Like, B-I-D-I-D. coin is um, D-E, though, <laughs> Omar. Yep. Omar, you co-signed this since you are the uh, financial expert? Oh, I, I haven't even heard of it, so I got to do my I gotta do my own research. D-Y-O-R, <laughs> baby. I let you guys know I'm the game. Hey, man, that's official right there. My dog on it. Follow him. Crypto with Fresh. A crypto name Fresh. All things crypto that are fresh. Follow my dog. Faison, you had a question. Yeah, yeah, quick question. This is for, for, for both the financial gurus on the call today. Please don't say um, I'm that. Don't stop. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, with the, the, vital, the vitality of the Bitcoin and the issues that you're seeing, what's your thoughts on J.P. Morgan Chase, uh, Bank of America, City banning purchasing Bitcoin on credit cards? Do you think it's that, a play? I mean, it's it's while they are banning them, they're still investing in them on the back end. That's what I was gonna say. And do you think it's because that people could buy them on credit cards and credit cards are not secure? They can just wind up losing that money and smoking a vessel. Yeah, I mean, yeah, in a, in a sense, it's definitely helping. You know, um, people who and I personally don't think it's the smartest thing to invest with your you know credit cards and and like taking out a loan to go ahead and um, make these investments especially with a uh, market that is as volatile as, you know, cryptocurrency is right now. It's something where um, I always say, you know, don't put the house in there, only in, invest what you are, you know, soundly willing to risk. You, you can't go into this thing and just because you see that person who invested a hundred or a thousand dollars and now they're sitting at, uh, you know, a couple hundred thousand, if not a million from their investments over 2017 or be, uh, before, and, and think that's, you know, that's the way the game is. It's it's uh, something they always talk about in the space. And that's really any investing space where uh, you get caught into the ride of seeing people make money and think that that is the norm of the market. In all markets, really, the norm is is kind of a downtrend. You know what I mean? Overall, just in the sense of uh, all markets, well, I won't say it's a downtrend, but I will say in general, people are losing money. And that's the biggest point to realize that you have to do your own research. It's not about, you know, just trying to follow, uh, you know, what's the popular vote or what the popular thing is. It's about really understanding that it's no different than the stock market. People get caught up in feeling like it's a uh, monopoly money. And this is really, you know, it's stocks, not slots. Again, I'm going to put that on the T-shirt, coin that phrase, whoever steals it. I've got a document <laughs> right now so y'all can't take it. But seriously, it stocks not slots. <laughs> Do your own research. Understand that there's a bigger opportunity than just thinking it's um, a digital dollar bill. And understanding that you know there are businesses that are creating new avenues, new spaces. I preach it and talk about it every week. But there's real opportunity in understanding that this is going to be the future with the way that processes are validated, how things can be wrapped up, and how processes can be. Um, be made a lot easier and, and simplified. Uh, listen, I'm personally responsible if if um and I don't make any money. You guys know this whole financial <laughs> thing is outside of what I do. So uh, you, you guys just let me know when I need to give yeah, you more you money bet. or some money. Well, you you already committed. You already committed those two dollars. Like, uh, yeah, check your PayPal. <laughs> <laughs> easy hey man before we get ready to close this thing out i want to remind all of our listeners you can catch this podcast on apple itunes youtube uh facebook you can catch our videos soundcloud and uh google play anywhere you listen to a podcast i think we're on spotify now as well i gotta go back and check that but i definitely request it but look us up on spotify as well follow us at 13th floor please so you can stay connected with us hey omar Yes, sir. You still there? So this is the part of the I'm show where we talk about the uh, furniture not always being the best. So we're putting you on the hot seat to close us out this uh, this evening. Um, but we're sure that your views are going to be amazing. So um, can you give us something that we can leave with the people? Anything? I mean, what? <laughs> Anything. This is this is like your 30 seconds, man. This is your 15 seconds, 20 seconds of, of fame because, you know, we got to wrap this thing up. But uh, like yeah, go ahead. What you got? College, wrap it up. 
man. I mean, this is this is on a personal note. You know, a lot of these dudes on here in B Jones Media, we we don't know each other that well. Right. The rest of the dudes, um, a lot of love, love and respect. You know, they were a little a little bit older, so they took me under their wings, and it's it's awesome to be here. You know, almost ten or damn, thirteen years later after graduating and still being part of this crew and seeing where we're going with with this family. So I love it. And I just appreciate again, truly appreciate y'all bringing me in. And giving me a chance to, to speak my story. Yeah, man, this won't be the last time, so don't go, go hide. Yeah, man. No, we man. already got I, a show. I'll be on video next time. We already got a show <laughs> lined up for you, man. You don't even know it yet. <laughs> yeah, we want to see the mansion love next it, time. It. By the time, uh, you know, all the renovations and everything with the portfolio <laughs> checks coming in, them stack folio yeah. oh, coming like... in. No. Hey guys, a lot of you've been asking no, this, me questions. This is, this about is old money. What I do, <laughs> I thought I'd show you my career today. <laughs> uh, I do have a question though: Is do you guys uh, have a Spanish version, or is this just? Yeah, Carol Carol translates the podcast in uh, Spanish after we run it. And, uh, he changes the voice. He changes the voice. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, El Chapo. You know what I'm saying? How they they have the yeah. English voiceovers. We got the Spanish voiceover, and Carol does all the voices. I do. Right. I do all the voices. Love it. <laughs> hey man, we up out of here. Make sure you go check out Omar Esposito and the rest of the Stack Fools at stackfolio.com. Omar, we definitely appreciate you and all the knowledge you dropped on us. Wish you nothing but success, and we definitely looking for that uh, ICO uh, coming out of Stack Fund soon. Uh, uh, but yeah, ladies and gentlemen, that's it here for us on the 13th floor. But the furniture isn't always the best. But the views are amazing. Especially if you up here where the Eagles are at. Why you The 13th floor. The 13th floor. The 13th floor.